0: Good evening. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no. Wow. Wait, no.
1: And we're back. Welcome to the Prodigal's podcast, where we discuss all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. We discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. That is why we are here for you.
0: It is our hope. And our goal, that through these discussions, people will be inspired to talk about issues that Christians go through in their daily walk with God. So without further ado, let's get to our discussion. Good evening, and welcome to the Prodigal's <laughs> News Network. <laughs> I am your anchor, Mark, and I'm joined by my co-anchor, Wow, Alan. <laughs> Once again, Billy's not here. He's enjoying some time with his daughter, uh, who has been born. Who has uh, been born. <laughs> has been yes. born. And uh, Isabel, his wife. And yeah, they're just enjoying the fruits of their labor. <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, so he's in uh, parental leave. And... Um, we, we, we hope to s- get him back soon, but right now he's just chilling
1: and we celebrate with him
0: and we celebrate with him um, next week. He'll be here, but that's because of it that's a past recording. Uh, but yeah, uh, this episode we will be dealing with the top news that has happened in March. So this will be our monthly report segment. And we just wanted to talk about the things that, um, you know, that happened Uh, in the world that intersect with faith and culture and we just want to react to some of the big news out there and how it can it affects our faith and although our third one i don't know if it affects our faith but (laughs) uh (laughs) the third one was just put there uh okay for uh i don't even know if it's a lighter note because of (laughs) you know what he's going through but yes uh we're here to react to some news so this is our monthly report our March edition so on Dude. March 8th there was a report released by Julie Royce. she's a reporter a Christian reporter uh, with all the receipts that show that John MacArthur and his church Grace Community Church shamed Eileen Gray on the pulpit and excommunicated her after she filed for legal separation from her then-husband David Gray. David Gray has since been convicted of child abuse and is currently serving a 21-year prison sentence. So she was shamed because she didn't want to reconcile uh, with her husband because he was an abuser. Um, she He was abusing her and his children and it was... Grace Community Church its leaders and its eldership she was pushed they were pushing her to reconcile with her husband because that's her wifely duty and that's what she's been called to according to scriptures according to them sure. the report says Eileen has been harassed by the leadership and also by fellow members um, pushing her to reconcile with David uh, this has led to heavy cri- heavy criticisms for um, John MacArthur and his church. Yet people point out that prominent leaders associated with John have been eerily quiet. Um, thoughts. Um. And this might be its own episode later down the line, <laughs> you know, domestic abuse and all that. But yeah, um, yeah. it's the role that church plays in that is big but i'm right. quite I'm
1: quite shocked at how how that the the members of that church was treating um eileen eileen um now it might have been like so uh, reading the article uh it stated that um I guess some some members that came to to convince her to you know take her husband back um Was disbelieving of maybe some of the things that she was telling them that he was doing. Yeah.
0: And I think leadership was pushing that narrative
1: that she, yeah, that she She makes up stuff.
0: She makes up stuff. She was just mad at her husband or she just doesn't love him anymore, doesn't like him. And that's, she's just using that as an excuse. Yeah.
1: And there, and normally I would think that, hey, like, okay, that's your narrative, but then other people, would come in and sort of say somewhat similar things. Like there, it it kind of was in that first, at least from the first half of that article, there are people that were like disbelieving of what she was saying, and maybe there was this this reputation that she had. Maybe she did it. I don't know, but it's hard to argue that when the dude ends up in jail, the dude, yeah, <laughs> it's he hard ends to up ar- in jail. It's hard to argue that she's making up stuff when he ends up in jail.
0: Not only that, when they were in. um when they were in counseling by one of the pastors of Grace Community oh, that Church, oh, that was
1: just messed up.
0: David wrote like a four-page statement called like something of something my sins towards my children or something like that. Yeah, and the dude didn't want to feel outlining that. all the things that he committed against his family, and the counselor, the pastor that they were going through, didn't want to accept or read the letter. So if the guy I don't think any woman would have enough uh, influence over a man for him to convince him to write whatever he wrote, like all the things that he was committing against his family, right? All the abuse that he was doing. And he, some people, he was av-
1: some people might say Jada had that power. <laughs> But too soon is that
0: too soon <laughs> no it, no no, it's not too soon but I think he he ended up in prison
1: yeah it's hard to argue that when the dude like I said hard to argue that when the dude ends up in prison how long is he 21 years 21 years yeah um and like I I I, I get that I get that church leaders want to redeem him. And I applaud that. However, the misstep was that he's continually <laughs> in his in his ways. He needs to be able to fix that because while you want while it's okay to redeem them, you can't do it at the expense of somebody else's safety.
0: Yeah. And Grace Community Church and I think every church as a part of, you know, contract with the government, uh, they are legally bound to report any case of abuse to the police.
1: Yeah. Uh, Church leaders, counselors, therapists, any professional that deals with, you know, counseling other people, right? It's supposed to remain confidential unless two things, and one of them is if there's... Yeah, safety with... For either you or somebody else, mm-hmm. so they are duty bound; they are legally bound to report that. Uh, and so, you know, I, 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 I understand that you want to keep it quiet and you want to try to fix things. And maybe there are some instances where you might be able to to pull that off, and things, you know, you're able to to like, you know, the the situation will be able to be fixed relationships are restored people move uh people are reconciled and they're healed and they can move you know forward from that having said that this is not that type of situation at least Mm -hmm. from if the article is to be taken the way that it is right if that's the way it's supposed to be is yeah man like they kind of messed up
0: yeah and um and like harassing her to go back and reconcile with her husband uh, threatening
1: to kill her and kill himself like that's, yeah, thats that's a thing that's not like something that hasn't happened in our society before in our world, but that's not something it's not like that hasn't happened in the in the states before, yeah, right and who yeah who knows
0: like the moment that she 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 relented right like that's just a recipe for a murder scene like a murder like you know act yeah um, or like a murder suicide kind of thing um, yeah man and like all the things that you know we've been talking about is just painting such a bad picture of what Christianity is and you know um, one of the things that I was listening to pointed out that you know these people like the type of congregation and the type of leader that john macarthur is and the type of congregation that he leads are the type of people to fight against abortion because protect the children right Mm -hmm. and protect save the children's lives but they're so i'm i'm anti-abortion just a disclaimer (laughs) uh (laughs) there's that's good to know that's good to know Mm -hmm. uh i'm so they're they're the ones who fight against or staunch um opposition against abortion uh to protect the kids to protect to protect children but then they're too lazy to protect the ones who are actually already born or children who are already Mm. out of the womb Mm. and so that hit me because you know We can talk about abortion later. That's another episode. Uh, But then, you know, if you're going to say you're protecting children by saying you're anti-abortion, you better be anti-abuse and, you know, actually protecting children who already exist physically in this world. So,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and... It's interesting that they went about the biblical process of kicking somebody out of the church, right? Uh, They sent an elder, then they sent more, and then other people that came in. And if they don't listen, then you must, you know, um, remove them. The problem is, is that their starting point was all messed up. They already assumed that she was wrong. Yeah. Right. And so that's where they were going after the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: yeah. That's so sad. Um,
1: it should be noted for those that are, are unfamiliar with the story. The husband, is, uh, the husband in this story is a church leader. He's a, oh, he yeah, works he, with uh, the youth of the church yeah. uh, and another, and another department. But yeah, so he's a church leader that's there. And I can't help but think, you know, they're, you know, the church leaders in in that particular you know organization are like, oh man, he's a good guy. Like we're all friends and stuff. Let's help him out and get them back together and push them back together and and stuff. And they might be believing of whatever he was saying, right? That maybe she was making she up was stuff. Making, yeah. And 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 if the. If the article is the way that it is, he seems like the more unstable type. And the unstable type tends to tends to exaggerate even, you know, flat-out lie in order to gain leverage over any situation. Yeah. And the thing is,
0: like, why did you handle... My main pet peeve about churches is that sometimes... They think they're qualified to handle everything, right? Oh,
1: yeah. The non-professional <laughs> doing this, yeah.
0: And it was actually, um there was a sentiment that the Grace Community Church's leadership uh, put out there that uh, any other type of counseling, counseling outside the church is worldly <laughs> and sinful. Um, and so they just, like, you know, some churches, like, or if not the majority of churches think they're qualified to handle everything but they're not. And I'm saying this because what was what was the harm of alerting officials, right? Alerting authorities so that they can they can investigate the matter. Yeah. Right? If there if he was accused of abuse, abuse according to <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> uh, if he was accused of being, you know, abusing his kids, abusing his wife, telling that to authorities can just prevent, you. let them deal with the investigation, help, like, let them investigate and see what was going on, and because who knows, like, okay, the wife, the wife might not be telling the truth, that's fine, I mean, it's not fine if she wasn't, but there was also a chance that the man like David wasn't saying the truth, yeah, like you can't handle that investigation yourself, like so alert the authorities so they can make they can go through that investigation and determine what the truth really is, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why they didn't just go was, they wanted to hush things up like because they were they were protecting him because he was a leader, and then like it ends up it ends up to be that he did abuse children, and then his main role and prominent role in church and, and his job was dealing with children. Yeah. And they would even like, they would even readily and willingly send him to a school for a teaching position. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. And that's amidst the allegations made by his wife that he was abusing his kids.
1: Right. Um, And
0: so just, to note that he's like part of the charges against him. Part of the conviction is it's not just physical abuse, but also sexual abuse. Mm. So
1: uh it was interesting how they, you know, speaking of why they didn't let somebody, you know, come investigate. It's interesting that they're of their idea of, of their notion of like the principles of forgiveness of what you're, how you're supposed to act. The threefold promise of forgiveness is that is That's, what it was called. So when I read that, I was like, I roll." So apparently, in their church, the threefold promise of forgiveness is where you act as though it never happened. You never bring it up again, and you never tell anybody about it. Now, I can understand, I can understand the notion that they're trying to, hey, if you've forgiven somebody. Right, that's in the past. Anytime you like, the danger in in talking about things is that you can continue throwing things, and you know that 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 um, that fault in somebody's face. Yeah. Right. Every time it's like, yeah, there's just like the time you did like at that point, you haven't forgiven them. You're still using that as a weapon.
2: Yeah. That's
1: not forgiveness. Yeah. So I can understand the the safeguards from that from that um, from that standpoint. However.
0: It's like you, you, you saying like you did. You've never said, "Hey, remember when you guys pretended that you guys got mugged to me?" Because uh, <laughs> there was that point. There was this one moment when a friend and I decided to <laughs> to. Uh, we, long story short, we we tried to play a prank, and it backfired on us because. People actually like, we, we said that we got mugged and we got beat up and got stole Our jackets got stolen and cell phones. And then it went too far that we, so Alan was a part of that and they were praying for us. And then we told them, okay, we're sorry, but we were just joking. And then, so everyone was mad at us. But the thing is, you have never used that against me. Because you have truly forgiven me, <laughs> I hope.
1: I have, but, the, but also in, I know this is a t- t- tangent, but I also didn't react in the best way possible. I didn't do the Will Smith thing, right? but I didn't handle it as best as I could. So that's nah, that might have been, no, that no, been no, in no, my brain no, as well. That was
0: like, we needed that <laughs> just to let you know. Like, there was no harsh feelings whatsoever <laughs> in my part. Because I truly believe what you said was needed. And I'm glad that you've forgiven me. But Sorry. well, we, yeah, you never used that against me. And that's what I think. Yeah. Like a part of what they're saying is I can see. I can understand. But what I think like what I have a hard time is that. You never like m- treating it as it never happened.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like yeah, it, there's a reason why they say forgive and forget, not just forgive as a forgetting um, motion. They're not. They're not together, and that's what my my uh, I've always thought of forgiveness as that way. Is that you know forgiveness in its truest as essence is that you're not requiring somebody that has taken something from you to pay it back, mm-hmm. right? That's that's forgiving things, okay? But it's not forgetting and it's, never, it's not about never bringing it up because if that were the case, then the parable that Jesus told about the king and the dude that borrowed money more than he can pay off, then that king shouldn't have gone back to that servant that treated the other servant and expected badly. And expected to forgive yeah. the other servant. Right when I yeah when I forgave you this much yeah he didn't forget that
0: he didn't forget yeah
1: right but that's sort of like that's sort of the push that this threefold um, promise is pushing people towards more than it is of hey just don't hurt somebody's feelings because you're throwing somebody throwing it back in their face that's yes that is a thing but I think it's going about it the wrong way because in that's in that scenario where you say hey don't uh, act like it never happened. Never bring it up again. Never tell anybody about it. Um, they're going about it as as if they're saying, "Hey, suppress whatever negative feelings that you have about it." Yeah. And at that point, have they really forg- have they really forgiven somebody? Yes, there are lingering bitterness and there is hurt that you have to deal with. Okay. Yeah. But that's covering up that aspect of it. And it's just like any wound, if you cover it up badly, it's going to fester. And you're going to have problems exactly. with it. Exactly. And like you can't just...
0: The thing is like they're expecting it that it's a cookie cutter thing for everyone. Like yeah. just because they have the threefold for promise that everyone will be able to forgive. Or forgiveness will just be so easy for everyone. Yeah. It's like, no.
1: And in this situation... Yes. Okay, cuz there so in this in this uh in the story um the church leaders were pushing Eileen the wife to forgive her husband and take him and take them back because she had separated. Mm-hmm. Separated and well and there was a, a um um what's the order again? The
0: uh, restraining, restraining order. order. 100 actually, 100 meters.
1: meters restraining order from her and yeah. And so there is that. So
0: he was actually I think from the language he was kicked out of the house.
1: Sounds like it.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, people visited her at their house.
1: Yeah, and so it's almost like they were trying to, they were trying to regulate what was going on in this these this couple's relationship because they were they were as John MacArthur put it they it fell upon them to be the basically they 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 had to be the policemen yeah. of their church and to put them together because one of the things that they that at least from from her standpoint that they they thought that she was wrong with with was that you were separating from your husband. Well, the Bible does allow separation to a certain extent. It may not have been this, but it's not that far of a stretch. Divorce is something diff- entirely different, right? Where the only reason you can or the only legal biblical way that you're you're allowed to or you're not whatever for divorce is if uh, marital infidelity.
0: Marital infidelity. Yeah,
1: um, but that's not the case here. Yeah, forgiveness is. Yes, you can ask somebody to forgiveness. As as and as I was saying from before, you know, you need to forgive somebody because if you don't, you're you're going to be anchored to that moment forever, and you're it's going to be tough to move on in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's not only good for that person; it's good for you as well to move on. Here's the problem though. She can forgive him for whatever thing he's done in the past. Are we sure that he's not going to do it again?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And at that point, are you recklessly putting somebody else in danger from it? Are yeah. you seriously going to say, Hey, you got to forgive them 70 times seven when they beat you. Yeah. Per day. Yeah.
0: And yeah, like, I think like I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon and what he said was like, uh, turning the other cheek doesn't mean you're just taking abuse turning the other cheek means you are willing to put the relationship back in its place before everything has happened but it doesn't mean that you're willing to take that abuse again yeah right it um if if the other party can't assure you that they're ch- they'll change then you don't have like you turning the other cheek is you forgiving them but it doesn't mean that you turning yeah turning the other cheek doesn't mean that you're gonna let them slap you again yeah turning the other cheek is pretty much just uh putting the relationship uh you know like a fresh start to the relationship sure um. So you don't have like it, yeah. she doesn't have to well
1: take him back yeah because for it her seems, to forgive it seems that he's still stuck in that in that so how can you have a fresh new relationship when he's still stuck in the old one mm-hmm. right where that's still that same pattern is still there and the Bible is clear about how Jesus or how God feels about those that are aren't able to defend themselves well enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right It's clear that he favors them, the widows, the orphans, those that are, are disenfranchised and sort of um, are on the losing end of any kind of like power struggle. right He finds himself that, and this is that kind of this seems to me that kind of situation where though not only the wife but the children, right are in, are in a losing proposition. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I would think that it would be God that favors them as opposed to the husband. And it seems to me that the church is trying to, that particular church was trying to keep one one sort of commandment of hey, you've got to stick with your, you know, you you've got to stick with your husband. Something in relatively relatively small as opposed to a larger issue, which is, you know. Abuse and yeah. not taking not you as the head of the household or not is not taking care of the body. Yeah, and to me that's that seems like a a, a larger a larger issue that they are that are they are um, neglecting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So the smaller thing to the detriment of the larger thing, yeah. right? And Jesus and what comes to mind is Jesus, you know, berating the Pharisees who are just tithing on the mint. And yet they're letting all this injustice happen.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Or uh, berating the Pharisees for um, what's it called? Um, Not taking care of their parents? (laughs)
1: Yeah, oh yeah. For the
0: sake of rituals or purity, uh, cleanliness. Um, That's sort of abuse, really. I know. uh, Hating their parents and uh, not taking care of them. Uh, abandoning their parents that's a sin of abandonment um yeah like if there's any church out there you know take
1: be better take (laughs) take
0: accusations seriously (laughs) you might not believe them at the outset and it's healthy i think for the church to be skeptical for with everything Um, but at the same time, if there's like a group, if there's a grave and serious thing, such as abuse, even though you, even though you don't, you might not, even though you're skeptical, like go to the police, go to the authorities and alert them because the truth will come out. Right. Um, the truth will come out. They'll do their due investigation. And, They'll look at the kids and take take. They're going to interview the kids. They're going to interview the spouse, uh, both, both parties, and they're going to determine with like social uh, behavioral aspects, uh, medical, um, you know, to see if there's any bruises or, or whatever and like or tears or whatever. Um, if there's any church out there, just, Go to the authorities. Like, stop. I still have... Okay, I still have to watch that Hillsong documentary, mm-hmm. but the thing that people have against like the big churches, especially with everything that's going on, is the tendency for cover-ups. Yeah. Like, okay. stop covering things up. Yeah. Like, if there's an accusation, if there's something that's wrong with leadership, um, you know, like, deal with it head-on and make sure that you're communicating with the rest of your membership you're communicating even with the rest of the world that this is what's going on there has been allegations and we're treating this seriously and we're gonna invite third-party investigators to deal with it because there's a conflict of interest yeah Uh, so we as leadership can't make a decision by ourselves because of that. Sure. And I think what I like about, okay, say what you will about Christianity today, um, going through years of, you know, sexual like leaders, uh, committing, you know, pressuring women into, you know, a sexual relationship or, or whatever. Um, but what they're doing now is they're reporting on themselves what they're doing and what they've done so that they can correct the the matter.
1: Sure. Now, I understand that, you know, there's there's a process biblically speaking that hey, before you go to the you, before you go outside, try to, you know, try to fix it within. So, I, under, I I get that. I think the problem with this particular story is that yes, they did tackle it head on, but they did so one-sidedly. Yeah. They were favoring one and neglecting the other they already assumed that the other person was just making up stuff now, are there women and men that lie and make up stuff and try to get other people in like other people in trouble? Yes, yes, yeah, there are absolutely, okay, but as you said, you owe it to them to all parties to investigate and find out what what really happened right? because
0: yeah, because if if you don't go to authorities, like, what, if, if someone who lied, and then let's say, you know, a good deal of members, a, a good, a good deal of leadership believes them. Then the other person who didn't do anything is also, is, is in trouble.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's like, You have a conflict of interest. You'll be biased towards one party or another because, like, let's say the husband was the leader, right? And the husband was, like, he had the most relationship, like, the stronger relationship to the leadership Mm. because of what he was doing, because of his leadership position. And so you, as a church, can't make that decision because of your inner bias. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're going to, look, if you're going to, if you're going to handle this in-house, treat both parties equally, because that didn't come across in this this story, right? They were favoring one above the other, right? And I get, you want to, like you said, we want to redeem them. You want them to to come back from any mistakes because we make mistakes. We're we're falling into individuals. We're broken vessels. We make mistakes. Can we learn from them? Can we move away from habits that hurt others, that dishonor God, that dishonor the people that we love, Mm. right? Can you do that? If they cannot, that's when you have to step in, right? And what this it seems that they were doing is that in, whether advertently or inadvertently, what they were doing was providing cover for the other person to do more wrong.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I where not now. And I can't help but think they're doing this because and they're trying to handle it in-house, not putting it outside to a worldly counselor, not trying to bring in um in um you know other authorities because Heaven forbid that their church should be some place that is seen that there's mistakes and that there are people that have have uh, have serious issues that they have to deal with um, and the repercussions of it because that will look bad on them
0: I was looking bad on them now twice over yeah um because yeah like yeah you might have that you know that fear, right? that it will look bad on you, but it's going to look worse if people find out that you covered it up. Yeah.
1: Cuz I un- cuz I, under- I I can understand sort of like the John MacArthur's of this world and their and their flock, quote unquote flock. Hey, i like my my calling from God is true and I'm I'm a faithful servant because hey, look at my flock. They are great. They're listening to the word. That I'm preaching, right? There's a spirit in this place. That's why everybody can. That's why everybody's uh, following exactly the way it's supposed to, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? And heaven forbid that something should fall out of place where they would look at. Maybe you're not such the best thing.
2: No, maybe
1: you're not such a good, you know, the best pastor that you claim that people purport you to be. Yeah.
0: Churches report abuse, man. As soon as possible, because it's the right thing to do morally. Um, legally, also, because you're legally bound to it. So, yeah, that's just do better. <laughs> <To> be better. <laughs> do better. Do um, better. Next one. Okay, according to Christian Headlines, a survey titled Generation Z and the future of faith in America, found that Gen Z is now the least religious generation, with 34% identifying as religiously unaffiliated. Millennials, 29%, Gen X, 25%, Baby Boomers, 18%, and the Silent Generation, 8%, all had higher levels of religious affiliation. Um, So Daniel A. Cox says, young adults today have had entirely different religious and social experiences, than previous generations did. The parents of millennials and Generation Z did less to encourage regular participation in formal worship services and model religious behaviors in their children than had previous generations. Daniel A. Cox, um, so he said that um, in polling and public opinion at the American Enterprise Institute. So thoughts i mean we kind of talked about this before we did um but that was what like uh resilient having a resilient faith yeah um and i think like this was just when you don't have the resilient faith then you will yeah typically feel like you're religiously unaffiliated
1: yeah well certainly the farther that the farther away that um, you get away from Christianity as part of your national identity, right? Because you know our our countries were founded under Christian values. You know they were. Mm. When we move, the further we move away from that as part of, we identify that as who we are. Like I'm i I'm an American Christian. Like I'm an American, and then as American, I'm a good Christian. As a Canadian, I'm a I'm a good Christian. That's no longer the national identity yeah there's just other avenues for you to go, yeah right as part of your identity, right and part of it part of it is uh we're losing the battle at home, I think mm-hmm. part of it is that um in conjunction to that we we aren't that great at being mentored and mentoring the next generation mm-hmm. Part of it is um, we are, as the soils, um, we are choked out by the cares of this world so that even mm-hmm. our own, you know, for those of us that do um, associate ourselves as Christian believers and Christ followers, the more we think less about it because we're busy doing other things to survive in this place. Mm to thrive in this place, mm-hmm. right? The more we have, not only for ourselves, I mean, the less we have, not only for ourselves, but uh, but the people that we're supposed to bring up, right? Our kids, mm-hmm. right? The people that we are to edify, the people around us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, all of that is weakened. And to a very small extent, right? Because this shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a thing for us. But obviously, as, as a multicultural society, yeah, you're going to, in, you're not. You're also going to introduce um, different viewpoints, different sets of belief. But guess what? Don't blame it on the immigrants because globalization is going to do that for you, anyways.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. So, you know, it is. That's that's what we're facing, and I just think that because it isn't, you know, Christianity isn't woven into our. Everyday life, everyday yeah. secular life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? That because God isn't at the forefront of our lives, then yeah, why would the kids, you know, those that are following after us, or those of us that are in it, why would we, why would we do that? You have church at, you have church on the weekend, whether it's on Saturday or whether it's on Sunday, and then everything else are both, <laughs> or both because Pathfinders on Sunday, that, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh
2: yeah.
1: But every day of but the rest of the days of the week, you know, it's free for all. Like I don't have to do anything. I just need to I just need to show up to church, you know, eat some bread, drink some drink some grape juice, wine, some wine, whatever. Right. And then I can go home and watch the football game. Yeah. Right. Or I can watch the baseball game. Or I can go shopping or I can work on the car or I can uh catch up on my work. Whatever it is. Right, we don't give God that time. Mm. Right. As a whole. And that's how I think we're we're losing it, not only at home, but in society as well.
0: Yeah. And I think I think also, you know, sometimes I think parents get too much blame in being so nonchalant with mentoring their kids. Mm. But I also see it as Parents do their best to show their children um, in the way that they can, in the way that they know how. That's Jenna's water bottle. Uh, (laughs) In a way that they know how um, to exemplify godly values to their children or try to teach them. Um, God knows my dad tried to, but (laughs) I think... (laughs) um my my dad and mom sure. try to, but it's just that teenagers will be prone to rebellion and um they have a rebellious nature because of sin, and they won't want to listen to their parents as much as parents may try to, but what I'm saying is that other there are other people in the church that are needed and i'm saying sure. like in my rebelliousness during my rebellion uh, rebellious years i'm thankful that you were there oh. um to supplement what my what i didn't want from my parents right and you provided that friendship and that mentorship um because you know like because i wouldn't want, take that from my parents Sure. Um, but there are other people in the church that could mentor these kids. Yeah. Um, that they are more willing to listen to. Sure. And I think someone has said, you know, you, I haven't been to the church that I grew up in for a really long time. And for one reason or another, um, and you <laughs> you haven't been also yeah. uh, So <laughs> i'm saying it's not your fault because like you you know we're not we're not apostate we're not <laughs> we have sort of i didn't want to say grow out of that church it's just that we have different paths yeah. right and um it's just that I, I believe that god was calling me somewhere else sure um, but because I haven't been there, there are some individuals that sort of like ask me, like, hey, what like when are you coming back? Um, because we want you to be with the youth or the young people or like they just ask me like what can we do to get people you know, the young people to listen. Uh, or to be more spiritual because they're just chilling downstairs and they're not in the basement or like if churches don't have basements, they would be somewhere else rather than the the sanctuary or where the divine worship, the, the main services. So what I would say, like, you know, you should get to know them, <laughs> right? Um, because the mentorship that you provided, us, like the younger generation, when I was young, was outside the main service. It mm. was in the basement. It was. It was during Tuesdays. It was during Mondays. It was during Friday nights. It was. It was not during service. It wasn't during vespers. It wasn't during Saturdays. Yes, we had those, but you know the connection that you built was outside those moments and so those were powerful moments and so what i would tell them is that you know maybe if you find them in the basement during main service maybe you should go down there yeah take yourself out of the main service that might be the sacrifice that you need to make and talk with them It doesn't have to be spiritual. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a full on Bible study. Yeah. That's the mistake, right? Like that's the, that's the mistake. Like people just say, okay, let's look at our Bibles or like start starting spiritual, trying to start spiritual conversations right away. It's about making connections. Yeah. And, you know, don't cast any stone at me, but it might have (laughs) to be, it might have to start with like, what TV shows are you watching? yeah or like what are you into like what are your hobbies like build that connection and you'll be surprised to see like because to them they will connect with you because people long for connection sure right and there's just this great divide of like from adults and the young people but young people because I was young once <laughs> I have once the experience, upon a time <laughs> I have the experience of being young it's not that we it's not that we relish the divide it's just that it's there but we long for a connection like personally I longed when like the adults talked to me and we longed for that connection and like it was great when you know ping pong nights when we would you know <laughs> play against the adults or play against the adults in basketball right like yeah. we law for that connection it's just you have to take you have to take yourself and build it first
1: yeah absolutely yeah I, uh, what i what i what i thought would have been good what we're trying to build was a sort of a succession you know of of people that would that you that you would have mentor you, and then you in turn would mentor others at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, and
0: I think like it's a beautiful. This podcast is a beautiful picture of that yeah. because
1: there's I'm you old. and I'm old. there's <laughs> you and then there's me
0: and then there's Billy, Billy yeah. and before Jed and yeah, yeah. So they're like
1: the younger ones. That yeah, it's almost like I three, sort of, three sort of church generations. Yeah uh, in this podcast. Oh, I didn't even realize it. Really. Yes. So, so I, I think that, cause there are some, I th- there are some, um, young people that will grow up, some teenagers, preteens, you know, young adults that'll grow up. Um, and they just can't connect to older people that's past like 20 years, 30 years from them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Even though that's better than nothing. Uh, The way that I had wanted to to do it is that, you know, for each sort of generation, you have somebody above you that you can listen to, that you've given permission to speak into your life, to mentor you. And then the life lessons that you have learned, you're able to impart that to somebody that you can mentor. Because naturally, you know, kids naturally look up to, to other kids that are older than them, four or five years, maybe mm. not everybody, but at least th- it's the propensity to look at them as cooler than their parents is so much more stronger. <laughs> right, somebody that and here and you you talked about connections. Absolutely, they want to have connections, and this I, I think that one of the strongest parts of that connection is the building of trust. They want to, you got we when I was young, we wanted to find somebody that you could trust, mm-hmm. right. And oftentimes the only time we could do that was just with our friends because mm. they can understand you, you know, you, you weren't going to get, you know, beaten over the head with it. You weren't going to have like this moral uh, lecture handed down to you. Yeah. Right. It was just, okay, that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. Right. And so you, you tended just to trust the people that, that were your equals, you, which is usually your age. You know, and that's the people that you would listen to the most.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But how would it be if you had somebody that's, you know, three to five, maybe six years younger, th- I mean, older than you, that, that can pull you aside and say, hey, you know, so, so how you doing? You know, how's it going? Hey, you like, we went and we played this game. You should try it out and stuff. And yeah, and whatever. Are you free on, are you free on, on like, on Tuesday nights and stuff? You know, make, are you making sure that you do do your homework, and you know you you keep on your your the the on the good side of your parents because if not, they're not going to allow you to play, <laughs> right? And we need you on our team because we got to like play this game and stuff. Yeah, right. How much better would that be in terms of the connection and trust? Mm-hmm. Would that be right? And then they in turn do that, and so there's this like this march succession of not only mentors but mentees, right? Yeah. Just going through down the line.
0: Yeah. And we're talking about this because yeah. it's such a big factor in keeping young people in in church and in the faith.
1: Yeah, because you're building that in part of in in their identity. It's no because the way that that I think that that young people identify themselves and church is just oh that's a place to go uh, on the weekends and my friends are there. Yeah. But when they have friends other places as well, then they, it gives them another, another option. If it's just a place that I go because my parents tell me to go
2: there, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: right. But there's no there's no thing that that's that's valuable to them that they say this is going to be this is this is going to be something that I need uh, for my life journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless you're asked to do scripture reading,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I, I understand. The notion of, hey, you give them some, you give kids something to do. They'll stay in church. No, they won't. No, they won't. If anything, you're just giving them an excuse of not to come. Mm. Right? Because if I go, they're going to ask me to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Right? And for them and for our parents, it might have been something different because maybe for them, a sense of duty was built into their mindset.
2: Yeah.
1: But that's...
0: Not Not the way it
1: works in this side of the world.
0: Yeah, not the Western society.
1: Not on this side of the world. Definitely. So, parents, if you're listening, if that is part of our demographic, don't necessarily give them parts uh, because you think it's going to keep them in church. And definitely don't give them parts because you're trying to get out of doing the parts yourself. (laughs) And you're just tired. Of of doing of the, the responsibility uh, of it. Yeah. Okay. I know you're not gonna say that out loud, but I know that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I know that's part of it. And there, yes, there are some, there are some young people that will take that and run with it because they need a they need an uh an outlet for their expression, for their growth. Some kids will do that. Mm-hmm. But by and large, you will not be successful that way in keeping the majority of your young people that go. Yeah, it's connections,
0: man, connections. It's yeah. Make them feel like they're valued. Make them feel like they belong, and at the same time, well, exemplify Christian, uh, Christ-like values. Yeah.
1: Well, you have to give them something that they that's valuable to them. Yeah. Right, and one of the things that. And I've always said this. One of the things that I've thought, I've always said that kids, uh, that kids find valuable, is not being embarrassed. Right? <laughs> they
0: will avoid you embarrassment. Mean your dad calling you oh. out of school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I needed yeah. that. I needed oh, yeah. that. <laughs> I needed that. Right? They avoid. We avoid embarrassment like the plague. Especially when you're, mm. you're e- your 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 self image is fragile. Yeah. Right. Give them something that's valuable. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's valuable is someone that they can trust. Someone that's just a little bit ahead of you, that knows what they're talking about, that knows what you're going through. Right. Um, and also that's apart from your family, because they're not they don't have the moral obligation <laughs> to make sure that you obey, right? They don't have a legal responsibility to take care of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. They're there and they care because, they're, theoretically, they're, they've taken you on as a mentee because they care about you. Yeah. And that is to supplement, as you said, the parents the that parents. are there. It's not- Everyone a,
0: plays a part. Yes,
1: everybody plays a part. It doesn't mean that the parents get to slack off and just drop your kids off at church <laughs> or drop your kids off at the youth South program school. and expect them to like whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Drop um, them off to but, class. Christian education.
1: <laughs> Honestly, that's. I but think yes, that's, everyone yeah, everyone
0: plays a part, right? Everyone plays a part. Like pastor plays a part. The youth pastor plays a part. But, you know, the main players are the parents, parents and mentors. Mentors.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot easier to connect with someone when they're just a couple of years older than you. Mm-hmm. Right. Not too old that they don't know what you're going through. And that they're going, they're friends with your parents and they're going to tell on you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, just
1: FYI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your son is yeah. doing this. But also, you know, uh, someone that, that's old enough that they've gone through things that you, that you've seen them succeed in. And you just say, okay, I can, I can follow that. So I don't have to be embarrassed and I can be, I can find my way to success. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm just grateful thankful that you i had that in you and shout out to manny
1: manny is you know manny. if
0: you're listening manny, manny,
1: manny yeah so if i'm yours manny's mine manny manny's mine pearly's mine uh al was mine um just uh apollo was mine for a while um yeah just yeah people that
0: shout out there shout outs to uh Queer manny (laughs) yeah because uh yeah he he, like during my you know rebellious years he just chilled (laughs) with me he asked me questions and
1: no manny was great at it manny had manny has a way with with people yeah right he's he's impacted people way more than i have so hey that's
0: not true well there's
1: a reason why okay so if you know me If you really, really, really know me, like from, like, since I was young, you know that in my graduation year, in the school that I grew up, you're allowed to write messages or like you have like a thing like, oh, where do you want to go to school? Who do you want to be? You know, what do you, whatever. Who's your hero? And people, you know, in my class and just about any class, they pick celebrities, right? Some would be, some would pick, hey, there's my mom. Others would pick Jesus Christ, (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's fine. That's great. It's your hero. That's your hero. That's you should be. I put Manny.
0: Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. Manny.
1: Uh, so, yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, man. Just everyone plays a part. And, and hey, you
1: don't have to have all the answers.
0: You can just listen. You can just listen. You can just <laughs> listen. You can just say, I don't know.
1: But why don't we study it together?
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Or we can just walk to, the one of the biggest the one of the biggest mistakes or one of the biggest fears that 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 older people have when trying to when they're in the position to to take on somebody to help guide them is they think they have to have the answers. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to have the answers. Of, in fact, there are times when you say stuff that you know is is going to help them. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. They just want someone to understand that they've had a really bad time. Mm -hmm. That they're really having a crap relationship with this person. Yeah. And they're venting. Yeah. And they want somebody there to understand Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and help, right? By just saying, man, that sucks. But yeah, so.
0: Man, that sucks, man.
1: That sucks. But yeah, that's.
0: A big part of people not not having any religious affiliations anymore is because they lack that connection. Yeah. I believe yeah. the prodigals believe. Yeah, yeah. That. and
1: the the national <laughs> the Christian nationality identity is going away. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, because it's not part of our society, because in order for you to be a, an American, you have to be a good Christian, or in order for you to be a good Canadian, you have to be a good Christian. That's gone away. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a great challenge. It's a fulfilling one, but it's a great challenge. Mm. But yeah, it's just the ones that have stayed that I noticed or have the faith were the ones that had the most connection. Mm. So that's...
1: Yeah, and there's the outlier that just that found who they are in the stuff that was done in church. Mm. And that's good because you need those people. Yeah. Right. But that has, it can't end with them.
0: True. Um, Next, according to The Guardian, Bruce Willis has made the decision to retire from acting after having been diagnosed with aphasia. The family states Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities as a result of this and with much consideration Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him he is age 67 um yeah man um and aphasia is not a easy thing to have it's it's what it like it's when your brain like a f- part of your brain is damaged enough to um give you a hard time communicating yep. through language yep, and expression and if that. it's bad enough, even like your it's just a rig- your movement, yeah. Um, so as an actor, like- I know it's
1: tough if you're just you know if you are a regular person in regular society. How much more when your your livelihood, your career depends on you communicating well? Yeah,
0: yeah. and he's Bruce Willis has been the one of the more prominent actors out there, especially in the action thriller genre. Um but yeah and i I was reading aphasia sometimes like most of the times like the there's some words that just um that are deleted from your vocabulary Mm. and like it it's so it's so shocking to read that even like words such as and like a Mm and and the like are deleted uh, from your vocabulary because you know the damage that was done to your brain yeah. Um and the way that you can get aphasia is like maybe through stroke or um concussions, um just like something that can damage your brain. Uh dementia. Um so um yeah man. Uh, we hope that um uh, Bruce Willis recovers because there are some some patients do recover mm-hmm. and um, some don't. Uh, but it can be treated through um, therapy um, th- some f- sort of you know language therapy sure and um yeah, and we hope that Bruce Willis uh, recovers and it's it 's a massive loss to you know the film in- film industry because he 's been a titan right
1: although i 've heard he 's not the easiest person to work with. <laughs> But that's, neither
2: yeah, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. Here nor there. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> that's uh, neither
1: here nor there. Maybe How?
0: not as hard as Kiefer, so but, <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, um, but I, yes, he's retiring. But uh, as we were talking about before, like I think there might be a way for him to come back, right? And the example that I mentioned was Michael J. Fox, who is suffering from Parkinson's. Mm. Right, and so it's hard for him to, you know, his motor function isn't uh, easily controllable. But the parts that he's taken on after taking, you know, taking a hiatus, but he's returned back in smaller capacity. But he builds that. I mean, it's built into his characters that he's taken on,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So
1: you're able to to take, you know, to use certain things, and so it might be that he's able to do that. So maybe he may not be able to speak but you still have other body language, facial expressions, that sort of thing that mm. you're able to, you know, maybe there's, I mean, it would have to be a very narrow set of roles that he's able to take, but yeah, you might be able to do that. Yeah. All right, Cause if it's something that you love to do, you're going to try to find your way back to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, take the time, heal up, you know. Yeah. I hope <laughs> that you recover, you
0: know, and hopefully you, yeah, um, you, like that he receives the support that he needs yeah. uh from his family and from the rest of his community, yeah, but um, yeah, I just wanted to see whether you know, like what is your top five <laughs> Bruce Willis films,
1: yeah, uh so uh, yeah, so I went through like his filmography, and I'm surprised with how much like I know I'm old. So uh, there's there's a couple of there that I couldn't come listed down to five. I have five, but there's there's a couple of honorable mentions. Okay, so um number 5 uh, it, uh number 5 I'm going to go with Looper. Ooh, right. okay. Number 5 I'm going to go with Looper. And I've uh, excluded I've excluded the movies where there's ensemble like he's part of an ensemble and he's been yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of them and 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 one of the two of them have have been in uh one of them is in the honorable mention but um so first <laughs> one f- number five is looper number four no it's not going to be pulp fiction i didn't no
0: no no it. i wasn't thinking that
1: <laughs> okay so f- looper then fourth is unbreakable
0: oh, yes
1: <laughs> it's too bad
0: that glass wasn't
1: yeah it that was it's, uh, it's, uh, okay. but unbreakable was great Unbreakable was great I think that, yeah um number three is isn't well known, but i I was just it it impacted um it impacted me at a time that I was starting to get into sort of world events. and so it's the third one that I have is called Tears of the Sun. And so oh, yeah, okay. so it talks about I believe it's the Rwanda sort of genocide uh aspect of that. Um so he's in that one. Mm. Second one is the one that revived his career, which is sixth sense. right? And then the first one, I mean, it started really started with diehard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Diehard one and two. Yeah. Like that's that's yes. where that's probably the ones that that um, he got he got it. Honorable mention. Um <laughs> two of them are kind of together. Uh, it's a little, so there was a movie that kind of bombed at the office, but I, I mean, box office, but I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a movie called Hudson Hawk. Right. Okay. And then, um, so he's kind of like a master thief and uh, David so is in it. The, the, the redhead from like Miami. Yeah. CSI, Miami, yeah. Right. And, and other guys like um, old Loki, um, what's his name? Oh, he's in there, David the something. I don't know. Yeah. So he's in there. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty, cause he's, he's, uh, this movie and the other movie last Boy Scout are kind of the same where he's like, he's like very quick witted, uh, runs his mouth gets in trouble that way, Yeah, you know, and stuff. So those two I put together as an, as one honorable mention. Another second honorable mention is 12 Monkeys.
0: Right. I have that in my Do you? okay
1: life, yeah yeah those yeah um, and then the and Brad third Pitt one was great that too <laughs> well hey that was the that was the one where, where Brad Pitt really sort of like flexed his acting chops right uh, that I saw I mean other than a river runs through it but yeah and then the 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 first one is Armageddon
0: <laughs> honorable that's your number one yeah I wasn't gonna put mention.
1: it I was I wasn't gonna put it in because you know there was other people that yeah, were in uh, it Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, um, Steve Buscemi, um, the big, big dude. Oh, what's his name? The one that was in Green Mile. Um, he has like three names. <laughs> He's got a three name guy. I forgot. But you know what I'm talking about. The, yeah. the big dude. Yeah, the big dude. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of people in there. Um, Liv Tyler. And,
2: yeah.
1: And stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my list. Bruce Although I first learned or first watched him in this really sort of like old show called Moonlighting. Yeah, that's um, where he started.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that's
1: <laughs> that's where You I, watched him there? Oddly enough, so I used to go to my, my cousin's place a lot after school and they got into it, which is odd because it's like it's really an adult type <laughs> rom I mean like um detective comedy type deal. Yeah. And so we would watch it. They would tape it, and we would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because you know cool. that's when VCRs started to come through. Yeah, and they, they VCRs. Were taping it. And that's what they could. That's what they were allowed to tape, and we could watch it.
0: Nice. All right, so five, list. Yeah, my list would be five Unbreakable.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, it's just great. It's just, you don't even notice it's like a superhero film. Until the end. Yeah. Like when he started wearing the cape and all that. I was like, oh, this is unique. Um, Four is hostage.
1: Which one's hostage?
0: Um, It's the one with Ben Foster where um, he, like, three guys decided to break into a house and there were two children. And I think he's the dad if I recall correctly, but he manages to get them out. Um,
1: man, I don't think I've seen that. Okay.
0: Oh no. Yeah. So, uh, we watched that in the Phil can (laughs) basement. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Third is looper. Okay. Just a great story. (laughs) Um, great acting. Um, Two, 12 monkeys. There you go. Great story, time travel. Um, one, you know, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, let's not finish that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yippee-ki-yay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what? What the? You know? Have, have you seen Dracula Nine Nine? When Boyle was like Yupikayak. CP <laughs> no, kayak, other bunches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: Um, but yeah, yes, yeah, top five doesn't remember Our top
1: five, Michael Duncan, something. That's the dude,
0: Michael Keith Duncan. Is it Michael? Ke- I don't know.
1: Yeah, but that's the big Michael. Big dude. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Don't agree, Mal.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: He passed away, right?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I always mistake him for Ving Rames.
1: That's not right.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like the same... Same big sort of like burly yeah. guy. No. And like the voice is kind of like similar. But yeah. <laughs> okay. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, we hope that you are blessed. We hope that you had fun. Uh, although, you know, some... You know, these news are kinda of bleak but there's always hope that we find in Jesus and you know, God is working through it all and He's in control. And he <laughs> our is our sovereign. Bu- our God and is in control. So we just hope that, you know, you let these things um the our aim with these things is that like everything that happens in society also intersects with our faith. And so somehow Bruce Willis and uh <laughs> films that he's been in um, you know take the message of the movies and we can have discussions and there's a connection there although sometimes we can't see it so uh, we hope that you are fun and you have blessed and you join us next time for another episode of the prodigal podcast Well, folks, that's all we have for you this week. We hope that you were blessed by our discussion. Let us know what you think. Send us a shout out on our socials at the handle at The Prodigals Project on Facebook, Twitter,
1: and Instagram. If you like what you've been hearing, please like and subscribe. Also, leave a rating and review. It'll go a long way in helping us out. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigals Podcast.